Hey, Gina, I'm good. Good. How's your week been? It's been a fun week. We've had gotten to see lots of people and had some interesting cases, and just I've enjoyed it. Good. I'm so glad far. to hear it. So far. Still a few hours left. Good. Well, can you give us the updated stats on COVID for the week, please? Sure. So, once again, um, for our specific area, very little new stuff to report, but I think if you look at the overall state trends, we're seeing those you know, overall new cases, no, new case numbers dropping, and that's with expanded testing. Um, so that's good. And that has prompted, and most of you should know this, or already know this, um, the opening of phase two today, um, which is exciting. Um, I was reading through this. It's not... Um, it's not a dramatic, dramatic change. I think the biggest thing that jumped out to me was public groups from 10 to 50. But we're still distancing. We're still wearing masks in indoor settings, for sure. Um, they're going to allow fitness centers to open, so that's important for uh, many of us. Um, but yeah, so you can read through that. We've, As we've said before, go to the um, governor.virginia.gov website. Um, seems to be the quickest, cleanest way to hear all that or get all that in one place. Um, and, and I think it's time. You know, our hospital bed capacity is stable. Um, you know, I was reading no hospitals in Virginia reported PPP short, or PPE shortages um, this past week. Um, and yeah, percent, percentage of positive tests. I think tests versus number that are positive is decreasing um, the total staying the same or decreasing depending on where you are in the state but we're testing a whole lot more so uh, so anyway cool exciting that's good stuff um, maybe you could share some like how testing has been working in this county we've had a couple conversations about that Sure. I think um, it's pretty much the same. I know that the health department has really continued hard to meet the needs of the public. They continue to have somebody present answering the COVID hotline for the NRV, and that seems to be going well. I know that we've referred quite a few patients to the hotline, and honestly, we haven't had any complaints whatsoever, so that's super encouraging to me. Yeah, and then um, most, you know, a lot of people have been asking about um, different places to get testing. Like, you can go to some of the pharmacies or some of the um, urgent cares and get testing. Those are still, those places are charging for testing while the health department is still offering it for free. Um, and I actually had a patient today, well, the test was done yesterday, but they got the test results back in under 24 hours. So that's... Amazing. Like, thinking awesome. <laughs> so, um, and um, speaking with people at the health department, you know, we're not maxing out our testing. We have, you know, we have a whole lot more tests than we have people showing up for them now. So that's kind of cool. That's really Super cool. Cool. Okay, so the discussion topic of the week. What is that? <laughs> um, so one question we've been getting a lot of. Um, is this whole question about masks. Those of you who have been in the office this week know that we've been wearing masks. Mm -hmm. um, except when we sneak sips of coffee. You know we have to have coffee here, so... 
Right. Um, but there's, you know, there's some debate on this, some heated debate in some corners on this, some debate among different guidelines on it. Right. So we just kind of wanted to hit up, give you our opinion on it. Um, I doubt we disagree with most of you, but it seems to be a recurrent question. So, so I will say that this week, um, the predominance of questions concerning COVID involved the topic of masks, which is right. really interesting. Would you agree with that? Right. That was, that was. And one thing you and I both agree on is that the whole topic of a face mask in general has become unexpectedly complicated for the general public. Yeah. Especially for people who are new to wearing them. I mean, I've been wearing a mask my entire nursing life for the most part, and so have you as far as your medical life, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not that disruptive to you and I, is it? Yeah, and that's, that's fair. I mean, I, 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 people have said that to me. Like, well, you're used to it, you know. Right. What about my kids? Do I have to make them wear a mask? Mm -hmm. Good so, question. Those are great questions. One of the things um, I think I heard you tell somebody was that over the mask, you would still say that social distancing, especially in public areas, is still the best bet to prevent the further spread of coronavirus, correct? Yeah, I think you got to keep the mask in perspective for what it's doing. It's not really the... It's become the flagship of if you care about this disease or not, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or the, the badge of do I care about this disease or not in public. Um, right. And, and it really isn't the main way that we're preventing the spread of it, right? Right. Um, you know, it's one piece of a much bigger right. effort. Right. So basically it's my understanding that cloth coverings became necessary or suggested when distancing guidelines became hard to maintain like if you're in right. a close area where you're not going to really be able to stand easily on the other side of the room or aisle from someone is that your understanding of it right so to you know some of the early studies that showed um spread you know why do we say six feet well mm -hmm. initially the study was showing one meter which is about three feet um, and that increasing it to six feet was even better. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're in our room, if you're in most rooms, just moving around the room is going to place you in less than that, or less space than that. And really, f you know, for me, it's the amount of air, you know, volume of air in the room and the diffusion ability of this of these droplets. You know, think about if you spray Lysol in your bathroom. You know, pretty soon that that one little squirt can overwhelm the room. Every square, you know, every bit of air in that room mm -hmm. is now filled with that scent. Um, you know, and that's what's happening with COVID. So if I'm outside in a breeze, you know, mm -hmm. dilution is the solution to pollution, right? Wow, Dr. Matt, <laughs> uh, did you just come up with that? No. Okay. No. <laughs> nice. I grew, I grew up down the road from a nuclear power plant. That was the mantra of the nuclear power plant for better or worse. But, you know, you, you think about, you know, Gina and I sitting in this back room recording this podcast at the office. You know, this is what, a 10 by 12 room, mm -hmm. you know, with two two doors and, and, I don't know, is there an air, one air vent? <laughs> you know, um, you're going to... You're, you're, somebody's going down, Dr. Matt. <laughs> you're somebody's going down. So just that, that diffusion principle and how right. is this spreading out it has more to do, you know, in a room like this, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter that we are six feet apart, three feet apart, we're breathing the same air, we're transmitting it to right. each other. Well, so. it's my understanding, really, 
and apparently the understanding of a professor in the infectious disease department at Yale <laughs> that says that the benefit of wearing a mask in public isn't really for the purpose of protecting you from getting sick. Right. It's really for the purpose of helping to protect others from exposure if you're sick or if you're an asymptomatic carrier. Right. And, and I think the... Um you know, why didn't we recommend masks early on? And by we, I mean they. I, I, they weren't consulting me. But why didn't... Why, why they should have been. <laughs> why weren't masks recommended earlier on? Well, I think we're, you know, what we learned over the last four weeks, six weeks, is, you know, how many people are spreading this asymptomatically, right? That's mm-hmm. one group. And then how many people are... Uh, you know, spreading it asymptomatic. You know, they may go on to have symptoms, but they're shedding the virus before they show symptoms. So, mm-hmm. um, in both cases, a mask is preventing them from spreading it out to others. Some, it's not perfect. <laughs> right. You know. Now, um, what's your thoughts on whether or not a mask helped people not to touch their face? What would you say <laughs> on that? Right. And, <laughs> Um, and I'm really bad, you know, that this is my Achilles heel on wearing the mask. I, you, everybody in this practice knows I like to tap, touch, pick on things, dig <laughs> through my drawer, you know, um, I, so, um, the mask drives me crazy. I'm, you know, it's constantly a temptation to touch it, readjust it, and, um, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, if you look at the recommendations on wearing the mask... There's, you know, half of that section in the CDC website and the Virginia Department of Health stuff, even in the World Health Organization website, which we got to come back to and talk about, okay. but is how to put these things on and off without handling the filtration part of the mask, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff, and washing your hands before, then not touching it, then taking it home, folding it up, throwing it right into the washing machine, and everybody reads that and is like, yeah, right, this thing has been bouncing around in my car and been handled by everybody in the family and reused like six times now you know really okay maybe it is still better than nothing but you're not using the mask appropriately if that's what's going on okay so that's fair now it's interesting that some states basically require their citizens to wear a mask when they're out in the general public but the state of virginia is not one of those states the state of virginia basically says that they recommend a mask or a cloth face a cloth face covering when it's possible, but it is not required by law. Right. And then they also, in that, put a bunch of exceptions, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, you know, basically you have any excuse you want to use. You know, it, I, I am claustrophobic. This, right. You know, I have a breathing problem. I have... Um, you, so, so, yeah, this isn't quite... You so know, it's really to the extent possible, right? As right. long as it doesn't impact the right. health of the wearer. Right. And we should also specify, Gina, that we're, mm-hmm. there's so many different kinds of masks, right? Mm-hmm. So True. Um, really what we're talking about, what Governor Northam is talking about, are cloth face masks. Mm-hmm. So face masks that are not recommended for use in health care Sure, settings. a non-medical mask. Right. So you're not eating up the health care industry, or, you know, health care supplies, am I trying to say? Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're using something that's yours, that's washable, that's um, easy to make at home, or you can find them anywhere now. Um, so real quick before you go on, yeah. I think it would be beneficial to maybe just talk a little bit about who yeah. should not wear a mask or a cloth face covering. Um, yeah. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, you know, anybody. So one quick 
rule of thumb is anybody who couldn't adjust that mask and get it off their face if it was obstructing their airflow. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want a kid. I don't want to see a kid buckled in the back seat of a car under the age of two is what they've said. But sure. you know, that kid's not going to be able to take that thing off if it's right. blocking their breathing. Or we have some amazing kids that belong to the practice that have a history of asthma, pretty significant sure. asthma, right? Where they have these chronic respiratory conditions that really do preclude the use of a mask, right? Right. You know, and and remember, the mask is protecting those around you. Right. Okay, so if my kid has asthma and a respiratory issue, I'm not really protecting my child that much by putting a mask on them. Right. right? I'm protecting others from them. And True. You know, think about our nursing home population who may be unable to adjust a mask or move it away from blocking their airway. Um, you know, so these kind of setting, these kind of situations. So I like the way I've heard you tell parents that you're not really that concerned about a child wearing a mask if they're not able to easily place it and remove it on their own, right? right. If it gets to the point where they're constantly requiring assistance to don the mask and remove it, then you've just touched it like twenty times, exactly. and readjusted it, and right? You know, our and you would never want a child to wear a mask necessarily during sleep, right? No. Or um, <laughs> we, we would never want them to be in a mask if there's a risk, any risk of suffocation or strangulation. As silly as that sounds, we both know that it, sometimes it takes very little, right? Yeah. Yeah, for real. So, you know, it, it, this can be very child-dependent, too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, our kids have kind of flipped roles on this. B is our much more responsible child. But Jack just feels so cool wearing the mask that right. he's been all about it. <laughs> right. And he doesn't touch it. He doesn't mess with it. And I don't know. He's a funny dude. So you, you taught your children how to wear a mask long before you required them to wear one out in public, right? When they went out, basically yeah, we, you turned it into a fun thing, right? We, we tried to. Mm-hmm. And they haven't been really out much, period, anyway. But, um, right. Um, yeah. So, I, I, again, it's kid-specific, you know. Our Ada just turned two, and, you know, there's no way. I mean, a mask is completely counterproductive right. for her. Sure. So when I go out and I go to Walmart, or I go, in your case, to the dollar store, we all know that you really love the dollar store, right? How do I discern which kind of a mask to get? Um, and I'm specifically referring to, do you think it makes a difference, a single-layered mask, versus multiple layers or one that really fully covers the nose and the mouth. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so none of this is um, perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And, we're in, and so you've got like surgical masks, which we see a lot of those around in the community right now. Businesses have stockpiled these to help people come in and out of their business. Mm-hmm. You know, usually they're blue or yellow, or I've seen some like sort of mango colored ones. They have the little rubber band or elastic thing that goes around your ear. You know, these are level one through level three masks. The blue Mm -hmm. ones are usually level three, and that's like the amount that filters through them. They don't fit the face very well. Mm -hmm. And that's an issue, isn't it? So air's coming in around it, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, We've used some of these in the office for one-time visits, and and they get wet quickly. You know, just the condensation off your breath, they get soggy. And pretty quickly they break down and aren't helping you mm-hmm. a whole lot. Um, and so, and to be fair, mm-hmm. and it's hard for me to even say this, but it is the truth. Aren't masks supposed to be laundered between uses? <laughs> yeah. So again, you're talking about cloth face masks. Right. So 
the ones I'm talking about right now are disposable surgical masks. Sure. They're they're a one off. They should be done. Got you. You know, N95 masks. Uh, you, I mean, it's fun going into Kroger. How many people have these? It's, um, um, and I've seen people with way higher level crazy masks. Do you know somebody I'm talking about? You know, like plastic, big discs on the front of them. You know, those are really respirators, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and those offer the best protection, right? right? They're off. They can be worn much longer. You know, N95, 95 blocks 95 percent of particles. Right. Um, so. Those yeah. are much more reusable. Mm-hmm. Many weren't really designed to be reusable. Like in the hospital, if we'll wear one of those, you're still throwing it away. Sure. The band isn't that tough. It's going to get beat up and, and, and thrown away. And those, both of these kinds of masks that I'm talking about, surgical masks and N95s are similar, those need to be preserved for the healthcare, you know, hospitals specifically. Right, high risk, right? The health department, public mm-hmm. health kind of settings. Um, so that's not what we're talking about with all this, these laws and, sure. and, and stuff. We're talking, or not laws, these guidances from the state. Mm-hmm. We're talking about cloth masks. Now, as far as the cloth masks for like our patients, the general yeah. population, what's interesting to me is so they're supposed to be laundered and then dried in the highest level of heat that the dryer has to offer. Mm-hmm. Now, what I find interesting is they've done evidence-based studies about UV light. And apparently, right. if you're not going to launder your mask, right, and you leave it on your dashboard, like I notice it's very hot out there today, Dr. Matt, and your dashboard is in the direct sun. Could I leave my mask on the dashboard in the direct sun? And do you think that would be helpful or no? Yeah, I think it's better than nothing. You still got to look at the quality of this mask and how long it can hold up. And... Uh, if it's just a cloth mask right. and UV light, again, better than nothing, but really washing it with soap and water is the best case scenario. I mean, um, yeah. I gotcha. There's been some cool studies on UV light as a hand washing technique for COVID. You know, they have these like little machines that you pass your hand under, and, mm-hmm. and those have not done a very good job of killing it. Um, so. Right. There's also, have you noticed a whole etiquette? And um, what's the right word? Um, you know how like you're standing in the grocery, I'm in the grocery store and I have on a mask and you're coming down the aisle and you don't have on a mask and now you reach right in front of me to grab the tomato soup that is <laughs> next to me. Like, how's that whole thing work? What would you do, Dr. Matt? Well, um, yeah, this is a... It's a free country, you know, and, and um, yeah. I think I think we have to show some respect for each other's freedoms mm-hmm. and do our part, right? Why, right? why are you wearing the mask? You're trying to protect those around you. It's an etiquette thing. It's I think it's it, I think for me when I see somebody wearing a mask, um, this may not always be true, but that's that's not someone who's fearful. That that should be someone who's being responsible about not being the one that spreads it around. Mm-hmm. Because again, the mask isn't really protecting them as much as it is protecting me by them wearing it. So, right. And you know, this is this may be temporary. You know, we you know, as we keep moving through these phases, you know, eventually this this stuff is going to be rolled back. And I think part of wearing the mask is it's not me. You know. It, it shouldn't represent my 
political affiliation or any reason to judge other people or I mean it's what's recommended right now I'm gonna wear it I'm gonna do my best and and I'm just gonna be a team player for a little bit longer here right so you go off the deep end because I might but a little bit longer I'm gonna be a team player so you don't (laughs) you don't guilt people or make them feel bad if they're not comfortable wearing a mask, right? Yeah, we now, we also got an interesting question that I'm not sure you even know about this week, and that was, can you microwave your mask to kill the germs? <laughs> a lot of them have metal in them. <laughs> Good point. And actually, even a lot of the cloth ones, so the NRV Mask Makers Group, which is a Facebook group that has been developed to sew these masks. That we love. They've been awesome. They've donated a bunch to us here. They're using a pipe cleaner across the bridge of the nose of their masks that, yeah, don't ruin a microwave over this. But. Right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So, so not a good idea, not right? Not a great idea. No, now, no. I have a personal question, Dr. Matt, Uh-oh. about my mask, okay? How do I stop my glasses from fogging up when I'm wearing my mask? Yeah. Yeah. It's a pain. Put contacts in. No, I think the... LASIK um, surgery? LASIK surgery. <laughs> yeah. The little wire band uh, or wire bendy thing across the top is very helpful, very useful. Um, you know, if I... In some days I'm wearing a mask for hours, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I am breathing less, less oxygen that whole time. It's just a fact, you know. If, it, if it's just the subconsciousness of I'm trying to breathe more shallowly to not fog my glass and um my glasses and and i'm talking and you guys know i'm running my mouth all day so you know i probably sound out of breath all day behind these masks what do you think in regards to wearing the mask and flattening the curve where are you at on that in regards to trying to keep the curve flat yeah i think the again the mask is one piece of our Mm-hmm. Our strategy here, it should never be used as a substitute for appropriate social distancing, you know, you know, proper hand washing, proper right? hand washing, following these guidelines about how many people in a group and these kind of things. And um, we really put, we do put a lot of pressure, right, on our patients when they're not feeling well right now to stay home when possible. That's right. fair, right? Right, absolutely. You're like, hey, if absolutely. you're not feeling well, First of all, you need the rest to keep up your immune system right. But just do yourself and everyone a favor and stay home for a little bit until you get healthy, right? And you know, and that and this thinking fixes some of the like violent emotional responses people are having to these masks is it's just one piece of it. Mm-hmm. You know, our curve is very flat, you know. Um, you know, a handful of people in the grocery store that are standing up for their rights and rebelling on this aren't going to bring the whole town down <laughs> and it's, it's not a sword to fall on mm-hmm. okay right. um you know again maintain that community those relationships let's all stay friends and but you know if you ask me what i think about it i'm gonna say i'm wearing it so do you think the who the world health organization right. basically came down they kind of backed off the mask because they received so much feedback and apparently some of what they're saying was misinterpreted by um, people had intimated that they had implied that there weren't limitations with mask use. And they said, wait a minute, there are limitations to wearing a mask. And because of that, we're going to say that the most important thing that you can do is wash your hands, keep your hands away from your face. And if that means wearing a mask for you, then so be it. 
and be more observant of hygiene. That's kind of what my understanding of the who's yeah, and position the, and, and there's is a difference right between the World Health Organization and the CDC. The CDC mm-hmm. is an American organization dealing with the pandemic later than large portions of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think as far as, like, what are we supposed to be doing in Blacksburg, Virginia right now? The CDC, the Virginia Department of Health, Governor Northam... That's who we're looking to. The World Health Organization, remember they're talking about the whole world, do have a different recommendation right now. And they Mm -hmm. are saying people who are caring for someone with COVID should be wearing a mask. And it doesn't jive perfectly with what we're saying, what we're hearing from the CDC. And even some of the thinking about why am I wearing a mask doesn't completely jive. Um, And I think part of that is because they're not talking about cloth cloth face coverings. Many, mm-hmm. Much of the um, statements from the World Health Organization are talking about surgical and N95 masks. Mm-hmm. So that's different. They want to reserve those for healthcare, um, and and the rest of the world's looking different right now. So we're they're you know the rest of the world's not in a reopening phase following um, the peak of their curve. So uh, yeah, it you just know what's funny some, to me, Doctor Matt. Yeah. What's funny to me is that people are really focused on the mask, but I've seen a lot of people wearing gloves and. You know this, right. after being a hardcore old crusty nurse for forty years, there's a lot to be said about how you put on gloves, how you take them off, how right. long you wear them, and Can I you just still wash your hands before and after. Exactly, yeah. and I've just seen so much improper glove use out mm-hmm. there. That isn't it true that that alone could end up making you sick? Yeah, it's not that the virus is going through your palms and into your bloodstream. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's right. that you're then touching other things. So. Right. I mean, if I had to summarize my thinking on the masks, I mean, really three main points, mm-hmm. and then as you can, you should learn as much as you can about it. But three main points: don't put a mask on anyone who has trouble breathing, mm-hmm. anyone who's otherwise unable to remove the mask without help. Okay, mm-hmm. thinking kids and elderly people, and anyone you don't wear it when you're sleeping or if you're unconscious. <laughs> okay. Right. And then number two, don't put masks on children under two years of age. Mm-hmm. And number three, it's not a substitute for appropriate social distancing. So um, that's the gist of it. And like number it. four, don't fight about masks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. I agree. So you and I are going to fight about masks with Dr. Lucasier, even though I notice his mask is very close to my mask. True. Mask to on mask. The board Transmission. Here. <laughs> Dr. Matt, did you know, this is just a little fact in closing, that do you know that right now it's estimated that healthcare workers alone, in order to take care of COVID-positive patients, are going through about 89 million medical masks per month. That's right now, and that's probably a very low estimated average. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's a lot of masks, isn't it? It's crazy. Mask so- revenue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And, and I saw another statistic, statistic. I don't know where I saw this. The percentage of masks that are made in China is also hilarious. <laughs> so we're not not that we have anything against the Chinese, no, right? No, but we're shipping them from the. So, yeah, um, I, I think we're going to be living with masks for a while. You know, certainly as healthcare workers, with this on the, uh, you know, on the with COVID in the community. So some of this we just got to get used to. Yeah, Dr. Matt, I saw somebody wearing oven mitts because they didn't have access to gloves, and they said that that was a a good second. Um, 
I don't know. That probably wouldn't be very effective here, would it? There's just too much. Yeah. Well, hey, it's been great talking to you about this, and I love that we can lend, hopefully, um, a little clarity, but also some fun um, to these topics that are actually super difficult and things that each one of us actually are probably having to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. So you all hit us up if you have more questions or thoughts or individual situations you want to talk about. Um, still doing well child checks, still school physicals, you know, we are using lots of precautions around the office, but are basically seeing anything that's necessary. So if you have needs, let us know. Cool. Cool. All right. Till next time. If there is a next time. <laughs> <laughs>